Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Got a packed hour for you. Carter the Bryant, second half of the hour. Friend of the show at 920. It's Greg Swartz, NBA draft analyst for the Bleacher Report. As we go nitty gritty into the prospects in the top half of the draft, all the guys that will hear their names called tomorrow really between picks about 1 and 15, so stay tuned for that. Look, Pelicans are the linchpin of this draft. They don't just have pick number one. They got pick number four, and the reason that's the linchpin is because everything that happens from there on in the draft depends on what the Pelicans do with that pick, whether they keep it, whether they trade back with somebody who is interested in moving up and getting Darius Garland. Maybe they swing it, and I don't want this to happen, but it's a possibility. Maybe they swing this with another team for the quote-unquote young vet. It's going to be wild tomorrow. It projects to be the most volatile NBA draft, first round of the NBA draft that we've seen in a very, very long time. To the phone lines we go, Pierre in Gentilly. What's going on? Hey, Seth, what's going on? Oh, you know, just getting ready for the draft, bud. What's up? I'm excited, man. I'm so excited about tomorrow. I will be off, so I need to get to some uh, draft party somewhere. Yeah, me too. Me too. But now uh, I was thinking, what about uh, with that fourth pick taking R.J. Barrett? What? Well, he's not going to be around. You're saying if he is around with the fourth pick? Oh, you're, you're taking R.J. Barrett if he's there for number four. Right, because, I mean, with him and Zion, it's better than the, the, the familiarity that they have. I mean, that would be great. Yeah. no, well, Yeah, if he's around for number – you think he's going to be around for number four? You think the Knicks are going to make that mistake? Uh, you don't know. We, we, we didn't know we didn't know we were going to get the first pick, so you, you never know what could happen. <laughs> well, it is – I'll tell you this, Pierre. It is, it is Jim Dolan and this franchise that can't get out of their own way. How – We've watched the Knicks' plans fall apart. You haven't been able to, well, win the draft lottery, although that was what they have, about a 20% chance of that happening. I forget now. 14% chance, something like that. So you don't get Zion. You don't get Kevin Durant. Torres Achilles, he's going to be out next year. So you missed out on your best big-time free agent prospect. Now you're picking at number three. Doesn't look like any free agents are headed your way. What a dumpster fire it is up there. That, now that's the dumpster fire. <laughs> that's the dumpster fire. We got a lot of sound from Zion Williamson coming uh, later this hour, so stay tuned for that. Also, we got Ben Mintz on the program. If you're wondering, uh, our usual spot with him is going to be moved to 1020 tonight. Nas Reed, he made news about his uh, – his workout where he only bench pressed 195 pounds three times. People started freaking out about that. I saw that over social media today as that resurfaced. But that's not a big deal at all in the NBA, especially for a guy with his size, length, and versatility. And I'll just remind you, Kevin Durant bench pressed 195 pounds uh, zero total times. 
We're going to take a break. When we come back, Greg Swartz, NBA draft analyst for the Bleacher Report, comes on to the program next as we dive into the NBA draft here on The Last Lap. So there's multiple reports out now that the Los Angeles Lakers were not aware of the cap ramifications of their trade with Anthony Davis, that they wouldn't be able to massage the cap in the deal as it currently stands for them to get a third max uh, contract guy into Los Angeles that Rob Palenka wasn't aware of exactly how the salary cap works, which on its face is pretty incredible considering you got a guy who's running the preeminent NBA franchise in charge of it, and he doesn't exactly know what he's doing. But B, that now the Lakers are going to have to jettison everybody on their roster except for LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma. And they'll have a bunch of second-round picks. And then the talk is, well, maybe they'll offer up a max contract to somebody. This is really your championship favorite? Still is, three and a half to one in Vegas. Oh, and one of those stars, Anthony Davis, can't stay healthy, never has stayed healthy for a full season. Oh, and your aging star in LeBron James couldn't finish last season as it seems like the load that he's had during his career is starting to take a toll. Consider me pretty skeptical of this Lakers plan. I mean, think about this. Yeah, they could roll out Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, and a third max contract guy, but the rest of your roster is going to be second-round picks or minimum contract dudes. Mid-level exception, perhaps? That's going to be your championship roster? I don't know. I'll tell you this, I like what Utah's doing a lot more. They just got Mike Conley. It seems to improve them to a point where they're Tier A now, Tier 1 in the Western Conference. Denver's going to be just as good or better. Portland's going to be just as good or better. Everybody's riding off the Warriors, even though Clay Thompson will be back for the playoffs next year. They'll have everybody back if they want them other than Kevin Durant, and if they're healthy heading into the playoffs, no matter what seed they are, in my mind, that would still be your championship favorite. I don't exactly know what what Los Angeles is thinking. This is, this is pleasing a lot of Pelicans fans. I'll tell you that much. There's a lot of talk about the Lakers. Well, could they renege on their uh, renege on their uh, deal with the Pelicans? No, it's not going to happen. And I would like to see them try. Imagine that tidal wave of blasphemy that would head their way across the league if Rod Palenka tries to pull the plug 24 hours out of, from the draft. Not going to happen, but it would be be amusing to see them try, to say the least. A couple of texts at 87870 from the 225. Great show. Love the talk about the Pelicans. Thank you. Hope the Pelicans game uh, come back on WWL like before. WWL Radio, number one in the market. Bring him back. Uh, contracts above my pay grade. Who knows? A text from the 504. I think the Pels are going to wait and see how picks two and three play out, then make it possible trade if the player they want is not there, uh, in my um, opinion. Just my opinion. JMO. Might be. I would not be surprised at all if you don't see them pull the trigger on a trade until they get to pick four, just because of, I guess, the relative uncertainty around pick number three with R.J. Barrett with the discussion here. Would they take... Darius Garland and maybe a team doesn't want to make the trade early with the Pelicans if all of a sudden they're trading up for Darius Garland and he's not there at number four that is absolutely a possibility in fact that's a smart thing to do if you're a franchise that needs a point guard but 
like we just talked about with Greg Swartz, if the Knicks don't take R.J. Barrett with pick number three, I don't think the Pelicans trade that pick anyways, which would make sense from their perspective. So that's why you wait. If you have R.J. Barrett sitting there at pick four, you scoop him up immediately. And then you have eight years of team control of R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, six years of ball, five years of Ingram. It's, it's special. Text from the 504. Great sports show tonight. Thank you, Seth. Very informative and interesting. Keep up the good work. Hey, thank you. We're going to have a very entertaining segment coming up next. It's because my buddy Carter the Power, Carter Bryant, stand-up comic, radio host, South Arkansas, big NBA fan. Was a big Anthony Davis guy. Now he's going to be a big uh, Zion Williamson guy. He'll come on into the show in about three minutes here on The Last Lap. Welcome back to the show. We're less than 24 hours away from the NBA draft. Tomorrow, 6 o'clock when it starts up at the Barclays Center in New York. And just after that, Zion Williamson will be announced as the number one pick for the New Orleans Pelicans. We know it'll be Zion. It'll be John Morant. We're assuming it'll be R.J. Barrett. Perhaps slight uncertainty there. And then you just have an incredible volatile part of the draft that's coming up. It's going to be one of the more volatile volatile uh, first rounds of the NBA draft in recent memory. And I think it's going to make it incredibly fun for you and me as we watch this play out tomorrow. Remember, 4 to 9 p.m., it's me, Deuce McAllister, Christian Garrick for our NBA draft special that'll be live at a location to be announced tomorrow. We're still finalizing it, but it'll be likely downtown New Orleans at a place you're familiar with. Carter Bryant's coming into the show right now, host of the Carter Bryant Show on 107.1 FM and 1400 AM in South Arkansas. Stand-up comic, NBA fan, Anthony Davis, apologist, at Carter the Power on Twitter. Although maybe less of an AD apologist now, Carter. What's going on? Nothing much, man. You know, you, you go do a show anywhere, and in Arkansas, I did a show in a shack. It's like this little comedy shack. And it was great, man. There's a... There's 60 people in a shack, probably half the size of your studio. So it was a, it was very interesting. But you see, here's the funny thing: I always keep my Pelicans alerts on on speed speed dial, and I come out here and I, I'm now reading that R.J. Barrett's a possibility of being a Pelican. What's up with that? Yeah, isn't that isn't that nuts? Wouldn't this be typical Knicks? James Dolan dumpster fire if they don't draft the obvious guy at number three. Maybe it's just New York with what happened with Daniel Jones in the NFL draft, right? Yes. And and we honestly have no idea what's going to happen. Like, we really don't. And that was Peter Vesey with the report. So, obviously, he's not just throwing that out there just to throw it out there. So, it's interesting because, you know, did you ever watch R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson at Duke and sit back and say, okay, this is LeBron Wade. I, I never really felt that way when I watched those two play together. In fact, I didn't know if they actually fit perfectly together, Seth. So I, I, I find that really fascinating that the, the Pelicans are interested in, in possibly making this happen. Obviously, this is just one report that's out there. But this shows that David Griffin is open to, to all opportunities to, to the direction of this franchise. Yeah, it, it intrigues me because you put those two guys in your front court and you've got the positionless NBA, right, where you could play those guys at the four or five right. in any any order. But Duke didn't really have the shooters around them. If you get some shooters around them here in New Orleans, that would be fascinating to watch. Imagine if the Pelicans luck into that, Carter, like they lucked into Zion Williamson. It'd be, it'd be incredible. Yeah, and there's some good shooters out there. I mean, I know this is going to sound crazy, but, I mean, Patrick Beverly can hit an outside jumper and play great D. 
J.J. Reddick's out there. So, I mean, there, there's good players out there that you could put around this team. One thing we know for certain, though, is that the Pelicans do need more shooters. And you just look at the history of the New Orleans franchise, their teams have always been better when they've had shooters, even before this three-point revolution. And me go all the way back to like someone like Patience Stoyakovic, you open up the lane so much for Chris Paul. So, you know, the Pelicans need to find those kind of guys. And honestly, of the players that we're seeing being drafted at number four, none of them are really elite shooters. Jared Culver's a good shooter. He's not an elite shooter. Uh, I saw someone comparing to Ray Allen earlier. I was like, no, man, they're not the same player no at all. Way. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and DeAndre Hunter is actually the player I like the most for the Pelicans there at number four. Lengthy guy, reminds me a lot of Pascal Siakam. He can hit a set shot. I mean, he had the biggest shot of the NCAA tournament uh, uh, against Texas Tech to send it into overtime in the finals. Um, and, and he was able to hit big threes in that Virginia system. But is he really an NBA-level three-point shooter? I think he could develop into that, but I'm not sure. So, you know, there, there's so many different options the Pelicans can go. And the hard part being a, a, a fan or a supporter or a follower of the team is none of the options are perfect. You know, Darius Garland, a great guard out of Vanderbilt. We have a really small sample size with Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. What, what exactly would he do? How would he fit into what New Orleans does? And also, you could be in a situation, Seth, where you just draft the best player you think is there. And that could be anybody at that number four overall slot. So it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. It's Carter Bryant with us at Carter the Power on Twitter. And I wrote about it today. We're on the same page. DeAndre Hunter is my choice if they keep the fourth pick, which certainly isn't a sure thing at all. But he does have offensive limitations, it seems like. But this is the best defensive player in the draft. And, and Carter, I see it as you throw a, a defensive four out there with Drew, already one of the best defenders in the NBA. Lonzo, who everybody says is almost there as an all-defensive player kind of guy. Then you throw DeAndre Hunter and Zion out there. I mean, my goodness, that's going to be terrifying for any team to face, I think. And I, that kind of, you know, I'll be licking my chops at that if I'm David Griffin. Yeah, and obviously we have to keep this in mind as well. This is not just a year one operation. This is a year two operation, a year three operation. That's when you expect to start making some serious moves. And which player do you think fits into that year two plan the most? And one thing I, I, and I, I was a victim of this early, Seth. I kept saying, well, who is the absolute best fit in this slot? And I've read different things about Darius Garland. Obviously, he wouldn't be the perfect fit for the Pelicans. They don't absolutely need a point guard right now. But if he is the best player available, if some people out there think he's the next Damian Lillard, if you think that he is that type of guy, you take the best available player. Mm-hmm. Because as you mentioned a minute ago, in the positionless NBA, you can move things around now more than ever. Yeah, he's, he worries me, Carter, because of his, his lack of size. I've seen the comparisons to Lillard, but I'm going, you know, Lillard's a, what, what a Lillard, a 6'5", 6'6", guy, and, and Darius Garland's six feet, you know, almost even, without shoes, and yeah, I don't know, and, and imagine him getting deed up by somebody like Lonzo. It seems like the lengthier guards in this league could really shut him down, and that lack of sample size really worries me when he only played five games over at Vandy. Right, so I, I think... Uh... You know, as we look into this next 24 or 48, I don't, I don't think that any certain player would be a bad pick. 
My least favorite pick in that spot would be Jared Culver, but it's not one of those things where I think he's way down below the other possible options that, that the Pelicans could go with there. So I like Culver. I, I like Garland. I love Hunter. I hope they go with Hunter, but I think getting one of those three guys, if they don't deal the number four overall pick, would be the best fit for them. Carter, Carter, who hosts the radio show in South Arkansas, 107.1 FM, 1400 AM every single day. Zion spoke at the media scrum today, and he, I mean, we've heard him speak before. He comes off as, as just a New Orleans type of kid because he's so right. uh, non-egocentrical, uh, egocentric. He doesn't have this LeBron James-sized ego, even when LeBron came in the league, he did. And, and I think people here, you know this, Carter, people in New Orleans, Louisiana, they embrace those kind of uh, young kids, especially athletes. And he seems like he's going to fit just perfectly here with the city. Yeah, you can't really have the diva mentality in New Orleans. It just doesn't work. It works in other markets. I don't think it really works here. It's a laissez-le-bon-tard city. Everyone just get along. Got to be good locker room guys. That's just part of the culture. And Zion is that to a T. And here's what's interesting is that there are some athletes that are so big, they can give you the most boring answers to every question ever, and they still be an electric personality. Zion's one of those guys. You can't find an interview, Seth, where he said anything remotely out of the box, anything remotely interesting outside of, hey, I'm a team guy. I love playing for Duke. I love my teammates. I'll do whatever for the team. And that would be a good thing to add into New Orleans. And that would be a roster full of those kind of guys. And one more thing. The, the reason why I love Lonzo and Ingram coming over is that it's just a fresh start. They get out of L.A., to get out of the expectations for the city. Everything just tones down to a whole different level. And they get away from the LeBron Corporation, and I think that's a really good thing uh, for both of those guys' future. So Zion, he cleared some stuff up about his visit to Commander's Palace, one of the great restaurants here in the city of New Orleans. People right. thought, well, he ordered chicken tenders. Didn't do that. But he ordered the sh- uh, what fried shrimp and, and mashed potatoes or something like that. If you're going to Commander's Palace, and, and it's getting paid for by this multi- billion dollar you know organization the nba basically uh what are you getting carter you going something simpler you going most expensive thing on the menu i'm going the heaviest lobster there i mean sebastian from little mermaid size (laughs) lobster that's that's what i want and i know i just made a little mermaid reference i'm going that and i'm going some extra veggie sides and i'm going to see if they have asparagus or corn i'm putting it all out there i want the menu that's what i want if i want the commander's palace especially if i want picking up the bill set right yeah if you're not picking it up here at this restaurant maybe zion just didn't know you know what exactly commander's was and didn't realize where he was eating at i gotta ask you real quick uh, arkansas two and barbecue in omaha and people in your neck of the woods freaking out yeah they're sad because arkansas is a very sad fan base no championships in basketball football baseball since 94 and it really puts things in perspective if you're an LSU supporter. And you had a football championship in 07. You had a uh, baseball championship in 09. You just had an, uh, a basketball team that could have made a run to the Elite Eight Final Four if they would have kept their coach. So, you know, things are way better if you're a Louisiana college sports fan. And the thing about Arkansas, they're the only show in the entire state. That's the only show. That's the only team 
that people care about, and they're really not good at sports. In fact, out of the entire SEC, they probably have the weakest in terms of results, athletic department. Yeah, it's, well, too bad for the Hogs up there. All right, Carter Bryant, host of the Carter Bryant Show on 107.1 FM, 1400 AM. Must follow on Twitter at Carter the Power. Carter, go back to your comedy shack, all right? Yeah, hey, next Tuesday, I'm coming to see you, man. I'll be in the 504. Hey, all right, hit me up. We've got we to gotta make these yeah. drinks happen finally, bud. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll talk soon. All right, there he goes. the Power, at Card of the Power on Twitter. Let's get one phone call in here before we go to break. Lee in Metairie, you've been hanging on. Thanks so much. Yeah. You want to talk NBA draft. What's up, Lee? Hey, Seth. Hey, look, part of the, besides the fact that I want Archie Barrett to come here and team him up with uh, Zion, I would love to see the New York Knicks pass on Archie Barrett and draft Darius Garland. So I could witness Stephen A. Smith public meltdown on first take the next day. <laughs> Man, I would live, yeah. live for the seed first. I would, not, I would tune in the first take just to see what would happen if the Knicks drafted six foot Darius Garland over R.J. Barrett. Stephen A. Smith might might call off the show the next day. But I don't think he would even show up. It's that so- would. It's so that would be historic. That would you know what that would make my entire summer. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'll tell you this: Stephen A. has aged on me like a fine wine. Like I have, I I like him more. The deeper he gets into his career, he's got his shtick, but I think he's fine tuned that shtick. But he is such a passionate Knicks guy that you are right. If the Knicks do the unthinkable and do not draft R.J. Barrett months after that they went into full meltdown mode over not getting the number one pick and having Zion come to town and then having Kevin Durant tear his Achilles tendon and not getting him in free agency. Oh, Stephen A is going to have an all-time meltdown. <laughs> I'm rooting for that to happen just so I can watch it. I'm with you. 504-260-1870. That's the phone number. Our text line is 870-870. More to come here on the last lap. So will the Pelicans win a championship with Zion? That's... Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll at WWL.com. 54% of you saying yes, 46% no. Cast your vote there or at the radio.com app. Peter Vesey, the great sports writer, sportscaster, and NBA insider, tweeted this out about an hour ago. New Orleans, I'm told, is assembling assets in an all-out effort to leapfrog the Knicks into the second slot in order to snare R.J. Barrett. Obviously, Pels are offering Grizz's number four pick as part of payment. No pity parties planned. New York would land Morant or Garland. Memphis would pluck point that drops. Very interesting. That was the tweet that Carter Bryant was referencing in our interview just moments ago. Frankly, if this really is an option for the Pelicans to move up to number two, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm trying to send Lonzo Ball and the fourth pick to Memphis, move up and snab John Morant. Is that really not an option? Is David Griffin so down, relatively down on John Morant that he'll keep Lonzo in favor of uh, Ja? Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe Memphis just doesn't see Lonzo as part of their future plans. I don't know. That's what I'm trying to make happen. One more hour of the show. Ben Mintz going to talk a little WSOP, a little NBA drafts in 20 minutes. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 